Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about cargo, cats, and we have part one of our interview with Deborah Corey from Debco HR Limited. Welcome one and all to another episode of The Kindness Project. I'm joined by two blokes on two sides of the debate, cargo or shipping. <laughs> It's not really a debate. It's no. just more of a curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were having a discussion about what's the difference between cargo oh, and shipping and why one's one and why one's the other. But actually, car, the word cargo comes from the um, original, I've just looked it up, comes from the original late Latin verb meaning to load a vehicle. So cargo quite literally means in Latin. I don't I don't where think where a car goes. that right. I think it means where it goes in the car. Is it? Is yeah, it because though? it's when loading a vehicle and when you're loading a vehicle you're putting things into the vehicle. You could have a point. So no, I assume you mean you're not the... loading a vehicle onto a boat, are you? Yeah. But the, it's where the things go in the vehicle. Right, is the cargo. Enough. So it's called cargo because it goes in the cargo loads, quite literally. Cargo load. Yeah, cool. All right. How are we today, chaps, apart from this really in-depth debate on cargo? Mm. I'm good. I got juice. Right. Can we just have a mug check? I know it's a bit early for mug of the week. I've got my daddy bear mug. I'm drinking out of this Starbucks mug I found in TK Maxx. Fair enough. Did you pay for it when you took it out of TK Maxx? I did, Or are you yeah. still in TK Maxx right now? Crush, you're right. I am still in TK Maxx. <laughs> no, yeah, you never left TK Maxx. Never did. I never did. Never left TK Maxx. What are you drinking out of, Russ? Oh, hold on. Charlotte, you can't see this podcast, listeners, but Charlotte's got multiple um I always have multiple drinks through. on the go. Let me twitch me video one. Just two at the moment okay. because I drank my hot chocolate, but oh. oh what have you where's that one from? You've got a collection of travel mugs that you use, right? I'm you? drinking out of this a uh, Costa Farmers Cup. Mm. I was drinking out of this earlier. Right. Oh, yes. Milkshake. So you've got multiple uh yes. juice. I've got, I've got a juice. What was in that other one, Russ? Milkshake. It brings all the boys to the yard. How many boys have turned up at your yard? Not many boys. Ah, oh, what a shame. What did you have your milkshake? Not many boys, but... <laughs> yeah, what, what did, t- what what did, did turn, turn up at your yard? yard? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else's cat, apparently, was out there earlier. Oh, go on. Well, go on, tell us about on. that. Well, they was there. Truffles was fighting with it outside. Truffles? Yeah, it's my cat. Truffles the cat? Yeah, I had Oreo, I had truffles, and I had pepper. They're all named after what? food products. What, what's, the, <laughs> what's the next one going to be called? And then I had oh, nutmeg. Then I had nutmeg and mackerel. Mackerel? Nut- why you seem to be going all over the shop in terms of the foods you're naming your cats. Like you're not picking with like a 
Like mackerel, it's a silvery with black running through it, so it looks like a mackerel. Right, go on in. Nut, what were the others nutmeg, called? Nutmeg was ginger, so obviously nutmeg is a yellowy colour. Right, you go just on. call it ginger? No, because it had to be a food, Charlotte. You're not, you you're not getting with a program on this one. You can eat ginger. Yeah, but ginger's not ginger, is it? What colour's ginger, Russ? Yeah, it's, it's a very, very light yellow ginger. Right, ginger is ginger, Charlotte, all right? Just so you know. I got that one wrong. Apologies. No, ginger so, is very ginger's light ginger. Yellow. Whereas the right, ginger so, in colour is like uh, an orangish. Yeah. So the cat that should have been called ginger was called what? No. Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call. I wouldn't call the cat ginger. It sounds like a seventies hooker, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna skip over that. I don't, I don't right. know if you've ever seen Casino, but her name was Ginger. The Sharon Stone. Yeah. Was it? Okay, so you don't want to name your cat after Sharon Stone, so you've avoided no. the word ginger, but every, me and Charlotte both agree, Charlotte, that your cat should have been called ginger. No, and then truffles was pure black, which truffles are pure black. Truffles, yeah. right, go on. And then pepper was like brandy colour. So we and if you, if you and went Oreo was for black a... And, white, and Oreos are black and white. And one of Kelly's most favourite biscuits. Oh, you know what? I thought that story was going to be a lot more entertaining than it was, to be honest. I don't know where you are. It was, it was, it was quite let literal. You just picked foods based on their colour. Let me tell you about my milkshake, though. Oh, go on then. It was made in a ninja. Sorry, before you tell us about this milkshake. Am I going to regret you telling this story and want to get these five minutes back, or is no, this going to be had, entertaining? It had strawberries, it had milk, <laughs> powder, it had ice cream, and it had milk. When does this start getting fun? Yeah, what's more fun than five ingredients to make a lovely drink? Um, I put should we go back to the cat on, story? Hold on, hold on, hold on. And a ninja to process it all together. Oh, oh well. Guess where I was today. Where was I? I was. I was over. At, oh, for, the second, for the second time in a couple of weeks, over at Batsy Power Station. What are them screens like? They've what got, screens? They've got screens where you go up in the top of the power station, didn't they? So, this is what we did. Okay, we um, we went over there. Sophie and I went over there a couple of uh, weeks ago, and it was a, uh, the last bank holiday because we are currently, as we record this, celebrating um, a coronation bank holiday. Um, the last time there was a bank holiday, we, we went over there and a little look around. Everything was fully booked, so we didn't. Oh, this is turning into the milkshake story, and I don't know what's going on. Every, everything was fully booked, um, so. Cassie, Sophie and I decided to go this time up the... Because you can go up the chimney. Now, before anybody writes in, I am not sending... Back. Sorry? That's definitely five minutes. I'm definitely not getting back. <laughs> I can't... I, I mean, I, I did say at the start that I don't know whether I can make the story uh -huh. entertaining. 
only to say that um, what I might do when I retell the story, when people ask me what I got up to over the weekend, I might, might just say, I sent my 11-year-old up a chimney and, and oh, see yeah. what people say. <laughs> because that, I mean, that is true, isn't I'm it? I wonder how many people will ask if she had a broom. I don't know. I don't know. Again, Russ, for that comment, you've made the story a bit duller than it needed to be. So thank you for ruining that. <laughs> what is going on with you today? Why would oh. you send, why would you send a fire in your world up a twin chimney without a broom? Um she, she can do it with her hands. She can clean it with her hands. Or a small rag. Anyway. Any, anyway, a small rag. There you go. <laughs> Charlotte's got the idea. And if somebody else did you give her a broom, I'm going to turn around and go, no. I made her do it with her T-shirt. I made her clean it with her own clothes. That's what I'm going to say. Anyway, so we're going up in the chimney. It was, it was, it was okay. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's a iconic building. As you both of you know, I quite like. Um, yeah. iconic pieces of architecture. But when you're up in the chimney, you don't see that much of London because because it's so far west. Yeah. Like you're sort of squinting to see all the good but stuff in London, the, which the for me is like the entrance to the lift looks amazing though. It I is a video yeah. online. Yeah, it is. So the entrance, the entrance to the um, the entrance to the think lift is amazing. Going up up the chimney uh, in the lift is pretty good. Um, yeah, so it's worth a visit, but I won't go rushing back. And Battersea might be one of the most expensive places to eat that I've ever been to. It's There's like a man that's been twice in as many weeks. Uh, yeah, I, I've done it you now. I'm over back. Rushing back, though, didn't you? Huh? You already went rushing back. I didn't. I didn't rush back. I sauntered back within the next couple of weeks. What would you consider rushing back? Because I'd consider rushing back if I went, loved it so much, I took the day off and went the next day. That's rushing back, isn't yeah, it? But people have jobs, don't they? So they can't do that. So, so a week or two, I'd be rushing back. Would it? Okay. Next earliest um, convenience would be rushing back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it wasn't. I, I could have gone at any point last weekend, but I didn't. So I didn't rush back. But Cassie wanted to go. Cassie didn't come with us last time, so we managed to get some tickets for the uh, for the chimney and go from there. Can I send you up chimney, Charlotte? Or now you're an adult, you're. I'm not allowed to do that sort of thing anymore. Been there, done that. You left, chuck me into a factory instead. Oh, can I? Can I? Can I make you do a bit of factory what? work? Can I? Can I sublet Russ? I mean, I can't now because he's not working full time for the firm, is he? <laughs> so, so can I? But can I sublet Russ to other, like, to do other I, jobs? I used to work in a glue factory over in Barking, and that was the most boring job I've ever had. I had to measure God. the glue. Blue with a special measurer to make sure it was completely round. You used to work in a glue factory? Yeah. How do I not know this about you? How long was you there? That was when I was on the agency when I was younger. All oh, right, okay, yeah. So my worst agency job when I was a lot younger was um, the one where I went to a factory in Bethnal Green. 
so I know you two have heard this story before, but I think the worst job I've ever had was in a factory in Bethnal Green when uh, I went along and there was literally these circles with a little perforated circle in the middle. Well, my job was just to poke the perforated circle in the middle out for hours. And um, when I asked, um, why am I poking this perforated circle out? They turned around genuinely to me and said, none of your business, just get on with your job. And I was like, I cannot. I mean, I've wasted so much of my life recording this podcast today, listening to Russell's stories. But they were entertaining in comparison to poking out perforated circles uh, in a in a factory of Bethnal Green. I just couldn't do that anymore. So, um, so I I, I've got something entertaining. I got new stickers. Oh, yeah! Thank you, Russell. Have a look. <laughs> look, look, I got new flower stickers. Nice. For my bottle, and they're all nice. over. And they're just so cute. Look, this one's my favourite. It's purple with like green leaves and just love a good sticker. And I but found a pack online. No, it doesn't. No, but I found a pack online and it was like fifty flower stickers for one pound. And I was like, I've got to have it. That's a bargain, isn't it? Absolute bargain. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to start a new feature on the podcast called "What's the Last Thing You Bought." Russ, what was the last thing you pulled? Don't ask me. I've been spending this week. <laughs> Go on. I bought a candy plus machine. Are you working on a festival? I bought a, <laughs> I bought a milkshake maker. Oh. A popcorn machine. Uh, two new ninjas. A big top. Are you opening a circus, Russ? Is that what you're trying to tell us? Two ninjas, yeah. I've been spending this week, so... Well, over the course of the last couple of weeks, so... Right. Okay, so where is all the where? How big is a candy floss machine? Candy floss machine, it's only like that big. You want a podcast, Russ? You got to describe it inside. It, like it said, it's round, about twelve inches, I suppose. Twelve, 12 inches, inches right? Round. And then how tall? It's only. Oh. <laughs> <A few inches. laughs> it's only that big. Right. Have you and how, how long have you now been a guest co-host? Guest co-host, co-host on the podcast. You cannot use your hands on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but you ask me things that I don't know. And yeah, you're not instinctive. Yeah. Have a guess. Is, is it as big? Is it as big as a dog? I'd say about four inches off the ground, off the sideboard. So it goes on the sideboard, right? So. Popcorn maker and a candy floss machine. But popcorn maker, the tiny, it's just a little box and right. with a little spout, and you just put a popcorn in and it comes out. What's the last thing Charlotte, you bought? You... No, let's just explore this a bit further. No, no. Charlotte, Charlotte, do you want to ask the question or, or shall I? Yeah, what's the last thing you bought, Dad? Um, I bought some clothes for my holiday today. 
Um, but I'll use those clothes time and time and time and time again. And so will um, the kids as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then and then when I've finished using them, it will go. I mean, I think we are probably the only family that hands down clothes from parent to to kids. Um, so, that 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 happens. Oh, I got handed up some clothes last time I was in Scotland, Russ. I oh, got a t-shirt. Um, so so it, it goes fit? both ways. We just we just share wardrobes. It makes life easier. Does it fit? Um, but what, huh? Does it fit? It fits. I might have another like one for it. you. Oh, nice. I bought, one, well, I, bought, I bought one for myself and it's one size too small. Okay. Yeah. Track, track it down. Track it down next time you're there and I'll, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll okay. give it a go. Um, can I ask, Russ, before you bought the I candy floss machine... No, no. Well, I'm going to ask anyway. Before you bought the candy floss machine, when was the last time you had candy floss? I don't eat candy floss. <laughs> Kelly eats candy floss. Right, okay. When was the last time Kelly had candy floss before you bought the candy floss? The last time the fair was in town. And when was that? That was last summer. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, can I ask? Oh, no. How that's, a, that's a lie. And I can tell you why that's a lie. She buys buckets of it at our shop, little buckets. They're about knee-high to a grass. And they're free right. You need to get better at describing distance and space, mate. Right. How big is a bucket knee-high to a grasshopper? How big is that bagel bucket? It's big enough to fit free flavours um flavours of candy flushing. What are the flavours? I don't know what the flavours are. I don't Pink, mean blue, plain. <laughs> no, they're they're they're, they're oh, colours. I bought the sugar for marshmallow, sour apple, strawberry, cola. Yeah, I bought loads of flavours for her. I can't eat candy floss. It makes me feel ill. Uh, it makes my teeth itch. Candy floss. It's a bit like. Mm, do you know that? Do you know that bit where you have, have like candy floss? Like, but... No. How do you feel about popcorn? I don't eat popcorn either. Eddie <laughs> eats popcorn. <laughs> Surprisingly, I got a five kilogram bag of corns for like a tenner when I'm paying three quid for her to have a bag of popcorn in the shop. Fair enough. How, many, how, much, how, much have you, how much have you spent, though, Russ, on machinery that creates the, the that? Machine, the machine was like a tenner, no, oh. 12 quid, and the bag of cones, the five kilogram bag of cones, was 10.90 something. I I stand corrected then, Russ. That might be all, all you use is one little spoon of, spoon of corns, and then makes loads of popcorn. Uh, amazing. Amazing. Would Good you stuff. like to hear well, about my most recent purchase, now that we've got over Russell's Ninja products? Don't like, worry about Ninja, but... Nice. So what, um, was your, what was your last purchase? I bought myself nice, a new game. 
Oh, come on, what game did you get? Um, so it's called Murder by Numbers. Um, it's a murder mystery game set in, I think it's like the 80s or the 90s or something, um, where you befriend a tiny robot and you go around using nonograms to solve murder. Oh, you love a nonogram, don't you? I love a nonogram. You're such a nonogram fan. I do, I love a nonogram. Yeah, but like, you know, I'm burning through the Ace Attorney trilogy and the prequel games, and I'm like, I need a new, new, need need a new game. What is a new game? Good. What's a nonogram? Yeah. You know, it gives you the grid with the numbers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it makes a picture, or sometimes oh, it no, makes one section of a picture. Uh, yeah, and then you you use nonograms, and yeah. the picture in the nonogram is the clue that you need to solve the murder. Oh, I like it, I like it a lot. Well, that, that's, what we've been, that's what we've been buying this week. My one is clearly the most boring. I've, I've been just buying sort of very plain clothes that will be passed up and down the family. Raz has been buying kitchen implements that are likely going to turn up in my kitchen in a year's time. Um, oh, and uh, <laughs> and Charlotte has bought herself a game. So, you're off uh, my, my kitchen reward list now. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I I don't want your tat, mate. I, I do not want your tatty kitchen after, goods, all right? After you took the mick out of my ninja rabbit. Right, right. I, I don't. I look just because you're a ninja lover in more ways than one. I know you've got a little Chinese man in you. No, I know. Um, <laughs> um, uh, Russ was gone on mute at completely the wrong time there. Um, I know you love ninja products, Russ. Um, uh, and uh, I, I. I think I've got categorical evidence of the fact that you clearly have got um, a bit of a problem. I haven't got a problem. Because, it's not a problem. Because it is a, it is a problem. It's not a problem. If, if I get a call or uh, Kazi speaks to you, Russ, and suddenly there's a parcel winding its way to us, the fact that you've got spare hardware... Spare cooking hardware means you've got too much hardware. So, oddly enough, I see the ice cream makers was on cheap. I nearly brought Cassie one the other day. No, don't, don't. We can afford our own. It's all good. Right. Let's move on to... Oh, no. Question of the podcast. Um, question of the podcast is, what was the last thing you bought? So, because uh, I'm now not on uh, social media anymore, it'd be up to Charlotte and Russ to tweet it out on all the channels. Oh, but we oh, would yeah, love yeah. to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. Um, and, um, yeah, please, please let us know. And this is the way that you can get in touch. Oh, we're back. That's doing this. We haven't done this in a while. Um, so if you want to reach out to us on Twitter, we're at Ola Kindness. On Facebook, we're at The Kindness Project Podcast. If you just put The Kindness Project Podcast into Google or any other search engine, really, but Google is, as we know, probably your best bet. Um, the Kindness Project Podcast, the uh, link to the website should come up top. Uh, if you put Ola at The Kindness Project dot co dot uk into the email section and you type up a little message and you send it off uh that should reach us just fine i don't know if we actually get any emails we get the odd one don't we occasionally okay. yeah we get the odd one 
Uh, I think that's it. I think, uh, oh, uh, my personal Twitter is Charlotte J. Dames. And my uh, personal Twitter is Chris Dames, D-A-E-M-S. Um, so please do get in touch. And on that note, let's move on to... Kindness News. Uh, and I'd like to... This is companies edition this is business edition and this is a article from people magazine about companies that all are all about random acts of kindness in a world where anyone can whip out their phones complain about the slightest flight delay or grumpy cashier we love to celebrate the positive interactions that make somebody's day and encourage them to pay that kindness forward we rounded up seven companies that provided random acts of kindness to their customers and shared the reactions that proved that even the smallest gesture of kindness from a company can make a huge difference trader joe's trader joe's fans go on hard partially because they love the low prices and fun grocery finds but also because the employees are legendary legendarily nice and thoughtful in one recent anecdote with tiktok user da baby was having a tough day and teared up when her tj's because she had made conversation with her seeing her reaction he ran off and dashed back with a bouquet of flowers gifted to her to brighten her day Moral of the story is to shop at Trader Joe's because literally I love everybody there. That is so amazing. You're having a bad day. You get a bit emotional at the uh, at the tills. Somebody goes and gets you some flowers. I absolutely love that. Um, uh, Chewy.com sends flowers when your pet passes away. Pet parents love Chewy.com as a one-stop subscribe and save shop for their animal needs. But if you've got a monthly bag of pet food on auto ship and your pet bars is away, getting that bag in the mail can be painful. People have shared that when they've reported their pets dead as a chewy, customer service reps have encouraged them to donate the unused food and follow up with a sweet sympathy card and a flower arrangement in honour of their emotional animal. I love that. Absolutely love that. Disney. Disney's magic moments. Disney fans are well aware of the many ways the brand's employees are empowered to provide magical moments to park guests. And examples are all over social media. Whether it's an upgraded room view, a free sweet treat, or a thoughtful vacation extra, Disney is known for their great dream of customers. An example that was too adorable not to share, uh, TikTok creator, uh, the enchanted esquire's daughter was just barely too short to ride on a coaster she really wanted to try the ride operator saw her daughter's disappointment and gave her a special pass to skip the line as soon as she was tall enough to ride six weeks later when she was tall enough the pass zipped her daughter right on the coaster oh i love that i've seen that video um, it's good yeah it's cute and we're gonna we're gonna do uh, do one more. Uh, Farts Company made mention of TD Bank's news noteworthy customer service with special touches like lollipops for humans. Oh, any place that gives away lollipops has got to be a winner. And dog treats for four-legged bankers. But TikTok user Straymond12 says that it's not it's not just that they offer the treats; is that they remember things about their customers. She. she shared and bought a whole um envelope 
football who can be like, oh my God, I love going to the back for the tip user said, pointing to herself. You too uh, can if you've got people awesome at customer service. I think just like if you're dealing with any sort of organisation, just somebody doing something nice actually isn't only the kind thing to do, but it just makes business sense as well. Because you get the loyalty of people if they think they're dealing with like real-life humans who care about them. Don't you think? Yeah. It's always yeah, important. Like, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it just makes sense all around. But it's, it's bizarre that actually it doesn't happen as often as you think, right? What do you think that is? Why? Yeah. So, I think it's hard to get everybody to sing from the same hymn sheet in them big organisations. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. But then, but then, I mean, it, it's interesting because uh, the interview that we're going to have this week is going to explore a bit of this. It comes, like, it is about values, isn't it? It is about yeah. that organisational values. And if the values are, make the experience special. That's ingrained in their staff that everybody should do the same thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's interesting. So that's what we're going to explore in part one of this week's interview. It's with Deborah Corey. Deborah's an amazing lady, runs a a business designed to help companies um, appreciate their staff more and support generating those cultures that are more likely to enhance customer experiences because if your staff are happy um uh, you're more likely to be happy but we go deeper than that in this interview we explore all elements of kindness at work and how we can actually establish what kindness at work means deborah thank you so much for joining us on the uh, on the kindness project we a little conversation just now before we started like sort of doing the full interview about dogs and their ability to sleep in any way they want. What what thing about your dog surprises you the most? Um, I think you're right. It's resilience. Yeah, they can absolutely handle any situation. Um, you know, this is about kindness. Dogs are as kind as you can get. Yeah. You know, you, there's yeah. never a bad day in a dog's life. I mean, they always are kind and giving. So, yeah, got to love yeah, it. Yeah, they're very, very loving dogs. Oh, they? yes. I, I I, mean, I've told this story on the podcast before, but I, I never, ever wanted a dog. Um, and because um, uh, I had a dog when I was a kid, and because we were all out, we were really sort of busy at that time I don't think we gave the dog enough care when I was little because mm. we were just all all too busy and then Charlotte when she was eight um we asked her what she wanted for Christmas one day and she said I really love a little sister um and at the time we because of some medical reasons we didn't think we could have any more kids um uh so we said look not gonna happen you know sort of let's just take it over the table we'd love to but we can't um and then by some quirk um charlotte uh, sophie was born the following year so charlotte had a little sister but the following christmas she said we said what would you like she went i'd like a dog and we said never gonna happen never gonna happen 
uh, and she went, Dad, you said that about the sister. And then, <laughs> go, Charlotte, go, Charlotte. I know, I know. Um, before we start, clearly I know a lot about the amazing work you do, but for the benefit of our audience, tell us a bit about you. So I am an HR a people person. I've been doing it my entire career, working in organizations and different industries, different geographies. You can tell I have an American accent, so different countries, um, doing everything and anything when it comes to helping companies develop programs to support and care for their people. Great stuff. And in, in the how good do you think we are now compared to when you started your career and through you know through through the progression of HR as a as a as a um as a way to support people in organizations you know I, I think that we've gotten better because we've understood more about what our role is you know when I started in in HR it was very much one dimensional you know you put in place these types of programs you you take care of the person when they walk through the door and what we're realizing is that you know that that door is a revolving door and it's not as linear as you walk in you support them you know if you yeah. think i'm doing a talk next week about how um benefit programs have changed for example and if you think about the type of benefit programs that we have now compared to what we had when i started 20 years ago it's you know we support the whole person you know we yeah. care for them their children their parents, their mental health, their financial well-being. So um, I think we're understanding it. We still have a long way to go because, unfortunately, a lot of, of, of our strategy is still deeply rooted in what we did before. But, um, yeah, I think we're, we're headed in the right direction. And as long as we have the right mindset and we do the right things, we'll, we'll get there. I, I always think about like, the corporates I've worked worked in and you know we we employ a team in my business but as a small family business i think the culture is different to a lot of large corporates but um it always i think the trend it, it like has changed from hr was something as you say that they used to focus on in terms of induction and then when you were leaving they focused on as opposed to that bit in the middle where you, where hr wasn't an issue unless there was a challenge right you know that's the, that's part of it. I think I think that's um, that's hundred percent changed. What have you um, what have you learned the most about people in the work you do? You know, I mean, this is an obvious one. You know, we all hear about how there's five generations in the workplace, and and I think that what I've learned the most is that there's not just one way to do things. And again, if I think about how I started out, we would come up with one program. And we'd roll it out to everybody and we'd expect everyone to be excited about it and everyone to engage with it. And, and what we're realizing is there's not just one way to do it. There's many different ways to do it. And, you know, some people could see that as a challenge. I see it as such an amazing opportunity. That's why I, I love the diversity of it. 100%. 100%. Um, so before sort of, as, as with the dog conversation, before sort of we started the interview, uh Deb was talking about um sort of the idea of kindness at work. Sort of what meaning does that have to you? Oh sorry. That's really unprofessional, isn't it? <laughs> my mobile phone on during the podcast recording. Um that's okay. My wife's in Jersey at the minute, Deborah. So um I I had a I had an operation last Thursday. We were all due to be in Jersey. I had an operation on my ear last Thursday, and the uh, 
the surgeon said I'm not allowed to fly. So uh, that's the reason. And that's the reason Charlotte's down, because she said, um, with mum and Sophie being away, I'm going to come down from Glasgow in my East holidays and look after you. And that's quite, quite a kind thing to do, isn't it? It's quite nice. That <laughs> is. Do you know what? That's what you want in your children is for them to take that ownership and responsibility. So, yeah. 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 Uh, I, I, we, we were, it was funny. We were, on a, we were invited on a webinar uh, to talk about the podcast yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, and... Um, uh, we, we it was quite funny, wasn't it? Mm. But it was one of it was one of those things where um, we realised that that nowadays, because Charlotte's in Glasgow the majority of the time, we're never in the same place when we do <laughs> when we do this sort of stuff. So it's quite unusual for us to. We're quite distracting for each other as well. <laughs> yeah. You were gonna? Should we go back to the actual podcast? And you were asking about. Yeah. So I think Charlotte's question was, what what is kindness at work yeah. for you? And what does yeah. it mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, doing what I do, I sort of look through two different lenses. So as an HR person, I have a responsibility for delivering kindness in, in what I do. So from an HR perspective, it's making sure that I put in programs that show that we care about our people. Um, and it's interesting because during the pandemic, I wrote a book on employee engagement, which is about relationship connection to our employees. And I actually, during the pandemic, changed my definition to say that a key aspect of engagement is showing kindness, showing care, showing support, which used to be all touchy-feely fluffy. But I think during the pandemic, we realized how it could be the difference between a company really being engaged, uh, an employee being engaged with you and wanting to stay with you and somebody saying when the pandemic's over, you know what, forget it. You never did, showed me any kindness whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm leaving you. So from an HR perspective, to me, answering your, your question, Charlotte, that's kindness. I also do a lot of work with leaders and I do a lot of work in, um, in my writing and also in my, my training. And for me, Kindness from a leader perspective is is showing that care, showing that empathy, being there for that person. My husband's um, uh, a senior manager. And if I listen to, I can hear his conversations all the time because we're both on the same floor working. And he spends more of his time showing kindness and care for his people than doing the technical stuff, which doesn't mean he's not doing his job. It just means he realizes as a leader a key element and a key component of his job is is taking the time, spending the time to show that kindness and care. Yeah. Do you think that's do you think those skills can be learned? Abs 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 absolutely. Um, you know, I use my husband as an example. He's a techie. He's a he's a developer. He never wanted to be a manager at all. He goes, I don't want to do that people stuff. And little by little, I've seen such a change in him. As a matter of fact, my um, my most recent book that I wrote is a book for managers on showing appreciation. And I had him write the foreword for me because I wanted to show that anybody can go on that journey. You know, even somebody who you know writes code all day long can actually move to that as long as you want to and you you understand the importance of it. I don't, I don't, I don't. That's interesting, isn't it? You know that element of, um, like, I suppose, care and kindness when it comes to tech is might be a different approach to yeah. care and kindness when it comes to, I don't know, a, a slightly more touchy feely, fluffy sort of business. How do, how do you work out what that 
definition of kindness at work is in different mm-hmm. organizations. Yeah, and you know, it's it's different organizations, but different people. And to me, you know, if I think about how do you get kindness and care right, and again, I've learned this the hard way, it's trying to figure out what's going to work for that person in that situation. I'll give you a perfect example. I can see the builders out of the corner of my eyes over there. Um, I don't know if you guys remember about a month ago or so, it was like really cold and the snow was, I don't know where you, where you live, but for us, we had so much snow. It was absolutely insane. And these guys, they were on a mission. They're like, we are not leaving today until we get the roof up. I'm not leaving your extension without a roof with all the snow coming down. And, you know, I could have just said, thank you, which I did all the time, make them teas and coffees, which I did. And I thought, you know what? This is extenuating circumstances. We don't get snow that much in the UK. I'm going to go out of my way. And I spent the next hour and a half making them homemade soup. And that was my way of saying, do you know what? I'm going to go out of my way. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Because I thought I had to step up because they were stepping up or I wanted to step up. Nobody made me do it. Yeah. And and I, I think as humans, we always appreciate people taking that, just that next step, isn't it? You know, that sort of next step. Um, how else do you think we need to be a bit kinder to each other, both as business owners and leaders, but also as colleagues and teammates? What can we do practically? Yeah, well, you know, my most recent book is on appreciation. Appreciation costs nothing, absolutely yeah. nothing. Um, and we, we're all so busy and we all focus so much on when things go bad. So again, I'll, I'll go back to my my builders because it's near and dear to my heart right now. We had a little bit of a miscommunication when it came to the uh, electricians and they thought they were going to do one thing. We thought they were going to do something else. And it turned into this big, uncomfortable conversation. And long story short, they did what they needed to do. And that night when I finished work at like eight o'clock, I sent messages to the electricians, just thanking them and letting them know, you know, how much it meant to us, them stepping up and and doing it. Um, And, you know, that little effort, I said, please tell your guys, you know, they went out of the way and things like that. But so busy, all we do is spend our time complaining. You know, most people would not, I'm not saying I'm great, but I understand the importance of it. And I took two seconds to write this message to him. Absolutely. And I suppose suppose the big thing as well is the fact that, but next time you need something like that done, you're you're the Deborah who says thanks, right? You're not the Deborah who's, who says, "Oh, this was a bit of a pain." You know, it's that it just changes that dynamic in terms of particularly long term relationships. You want to be the you want to be the person who's who's like that. Um, Absolutely, and I was going to say that, and that's why um, a lot of my time with managers, because a lot of times it's not comfortable for people to do it. You know, I, I do these sessions and I can see the people in the back of the room rolling their eyes because they don't understand to your point, the business side of it. So, you know, I didn't do it for that reason. I didn't do it, you know, just for the long term. but there's so many knock on effects in that. Yes. You know, they'll go out of the way next time. They'll be more productive because they know that's what you want. So the more that we can get people see that it's a win, win, yeah. the more more they'll you know in embrace it I, I think you're right and i think i think people who tend to do it naturally don't do it for the reasons or mm-hmm. maybe do it naturally or, or have learned to do it don't do it for the reasons of the longer term but i think it 
I think understanding the longer term benefits probably plays a part in persuading the cynic. Um, yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And I'm wondering, I know you guys are with the questions, but Charlotte, you're a different generation than I am. Um, and, you know, everything you read is it comes more naturally to your your generation. I don't know what your thoughts are. You know, do, do you feel that people of your generation appreciation comes more naturally? I, hmm, I'm not sure. I think, I think it really depends person to person. I think that's true of all generations. But I think there is sort of, less of a sense of um it comes naturally i think we sort of have an idea of actually even people who do the simplest jobs deserve respect for the jobs they do um which i think isn't found as often in older generations yeah, I don't know. um yeah. I, i'm not saying like people don't respect people for the work they do i'm saying it's sort of like it gets more recognised by the younger generations. Mm. We were, and again, feel free to, to chime in if I'm getting this wrong, but we were, um, I, I think, from, from what I've perceived, two, two, two things are, are, are probably going on from generation to generation. And I think about my dad, and then I look at how great Charlotte is at stuff like this. So number one is um, emotional openness. So um, I I picked Charlotte up. This was a while ago now, wasn't it? Was I, uh, I picked Charlotte up from her friends, and she's got you know mixed bunch of friends. They all like Dungeons and Dragons, which um, is your big thing at the minute, isn't it? Absolutely loves that. Mm -hmm. um, but when she was leaving her friend's house, a friend gave her a big hug and said, "I love you, mate. See you soon." And really, and and that emotional openness both to talk about the stuff that you feel good or bad is a great thing isn't it you know it, it, it's that emotional openness because i think probably previous generations weren't as good at being emotionally open um as, as before so what do you think yeah i definitely think that's that's true like i try and like i started doing it with you guys of like Every time I, I was separate from you, it's like telling you I love you now. Yeah. yeah. Telling you now. <laughs> and, and and it's really interesting. I am not naturally good at that. I, I don't think it, it's just it's something that I've had to do better. Um. And funny enough, Cassie, my wife, is is with my cousin Louise, and I write about her in the book. So there, mm. she's she's lived and worked in Jersey for 25 years because literally every time you speak to her, she tells you she loves you. And, and it's a habit that we've tried to adopt to, to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what, what else do you think? What other general generational changes do you think are happening? I think you can see like, as, hmm, I can also see like the older generations coming more sort of emotionally open and stuff like that. Like, um, this is, a, this is a strangely funny example for me but when I was younger um, you used to like sit stone faced at a movie and now every once in a while I'll look over and you're just crying 
I do. I, I, I enjoy it. I, I've got... But when I was a vision of you, Stuart. Do you think it's more accepted now? So it's like, yeah. you know, it, yeah. before it was like, no, you don't show your emotions. And yeah, and I think that it's more accepted. It's also more visible just with social media and things yeah. like that. So I do think there's changes. But I mean, you said at the very beginning, Charlotte, it's, you know, it's not 100% generational. You know, we all are different. We all have different personality styles, personality traits. Um but yeah, hopefully it's getting more yeah. comfortable think, to do these. I, I think people are beginning to recognize that there are benefits to talking about things. Mm. Um, yeah. Like, I know that, I don't know if you do ever do this with your friends, but sometimes one of my friends will just phone me and be like, that, that text message you sent was a little bit suspicious. I'm just checking in to make sure you're okay. And then we'll talk until things are good. Yeah. Well, not necessarily good, but like better. Yeah. But I, you know, that's not the kind of things... Uh, and and weirdly, I think I think and uh, and again, it does, clearly it depends on the individual. But yeah. I think blokes, men in particular, are not particularly good at, at the the emotional intelligence thing. Um, but again, I think there is certainly the people we've interviewed on the podcast over the past three or four years who are really encouraging and incentivizing men to be more emotionally intelligent and open um, from. A guy called Ollie Smith we interviewed three years ago that Russ, our producer Russ, thinks it's his all-time favourite interview. He works in financial services. He was an editor of a of a magazine and he, he came out and said, like, I've struggled with my mental health. And it started this really big debate in our professional world about how to manage that and deal with that. That was amazing. All the way through to people who... Um, uh, there's an organisation... Uh, where they just encourage men to go out for a walk, you know, and, and it's yeah. as simple as that. But actually, having that environment where yeah. you can you can you know emotionally explore is really interesting. Yeah, and it's yeah. interesting going back to you know I think Charlotte's question earlier about you know what does kindness mean in the workplace, and I was talking about from an HR perspective, what does that mean? And, you know, we could spend this whole session talking about HR and what we're doing to support mental health. But, you know, one of the key things that I see best in class companies do is to open the door to conversations. One company I interviewed, um, they had an It's Okay campaign where yeah. each week they would say, you know, it's okay to talk about this. It's okay to talk about that. And really like just, to just to open the door. And again, I think that's something that we never would encourage. You know, I can remember trying to put in some type of mental health benefit, gosh, probably 10 years ago, and my CEO saying, that happens at home. Our job is not to talk about someone's mental health here. They can go talk to somebody outside of the workplace. And now it's like, no, 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 no. You don't leave that part of your brain, yeah. you know, yeah, when I, you walk through the door. Sort of like it does impact every aspect of. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I did um, uh, an A-level in psychology, but there was this one section, of, there, there was one type of question and it, it was always, how does this aspect of mental health affect the economy? And like they gave us like this breakdown of actually if people were having poor mental health, they're less likely to go into work, they're less likely to be able to, you know, earn money yeah, and then be as effective. So yeah. I think there is sort of a coming of understanding that it does impact 
Well, I, I, suppose, I suppose that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Because there is a counter argument that says that, you know, kind work practice potentially, not one I believe, by the way, but mm. I think it's 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 a uh, it's an interesting conversation. Kind of workplaces aren't as effective or efficient. What would you say about that? What would you say about that? And what does the evidence say? Yeah, and you know, I'd, I'd pick up on what you were saying, Charlotte, is that when you don't have kindness, what are the things that that happen? I, again, I remember going to a CFO because I wanted to put in a um, a new policy for bereavement leave. Someone on the team, uh, one of their parents, unfortunately passed away, and we didn't have anything in place so that they could take time off. And the CFO was like, you know, well, why do you want to do this? And I said, do you want this person coming into the office who is so distraught? Yeah. They are going to make mistakes. They're going to piss off our customers. They're going to get in arguments and trying to do the more of the, unfortunately, the negative side of what happens when you don't bring kindness and you don't bring support in. And you're absolutely right. You know, I've, you know, I've worked in manufacturing. If you have someone who is not being treated in the most supportive way, just think about the damage that they could do. Forget about mental damage, physical damage that they could do to themselves, you know, to products. It'd be fascinating to find out, you know, if you think about some of the, pro you know, you go into the supermarket and they say you like something's being recalled or something. What kind of day was that person having when they made that product? Yeah, you, know, the, yeah. the, you know, the more data we can have to support it, the more we can convince, you know, people who might not get the, the true yeah. kindness, you know, kindness for the sake of kindness. But, but I, th I think that's the interesting thing, isn't it? We are moving, but culturally, that line between the human at work and the human at home was really sort of um, boldly drawn, wasn't yeah. it? And I think nowadays we've come to appreciate that it's the same human. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same it is, yeah. And I think the pandemic, to some extent, at least from a, a workplace perspective, forced us into it. Um, so that's part one of the interview with Deborah. Uh, I loved um, uh, our interview with Deborah Charlotte. What did you think? Yeah, it was good. I can't wait for the second part. Yeah, be good. Uh, and on that note, we are on to what we always have at the end now. It's yeah, Joke of the Week. We have another podcast at the end of it, truly the end, because we have Joke of the Week now. Way. Way. I'll be the judge. I'll be the judge of whether it deserves a chair. Go on. Uh, it probably doesn't because I intentionally picked them bad because I know it's the format. Um, help Vetica and Times New Roman walk into a bar. Get out of here, shouts the bartender. We don't serve your type. Hey! <laughs> it's Russell. <laughs> and on that note... I love a bit of Helvetica as well. <laughs> I like I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Calibri. I was going to say I'm a Calibri man myself. <laughs> and 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 on that note, a bad joke. And then, what's your favourite font conversation? That is the end of another podcast. Have a lovely week, and we will see you on the podcast soon. Bye. Bye.